everybody, I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode... Are we at 200 yet? No, no, not yet. It's 116. Feels like we are. It's like 116. I was I was going to guess that. I looked it up a while ago. Mm. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I looked it up before. I looked it up before we spent 20 minutes talking about Doctor Who, so... Yeah, a conversation <laughs> that nobody will ever hear. Did you record it? I did, actually. <laughs> James, put it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tell you, awesome. um, have you ever seen the Alien movies? Yeah, like like Aliens, Aliens? Right, like, right. Like, like the Predator? Right, people? the, the, the whole yeah. situation. You've seen them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them? Uh, yes, there was four, right? There are four Alien movies. And the, oh, and there's like Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Like, Predator Two. There's two of them: Aliens vs. Predator, and then Al- well, Alien vs. Predator, and then Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. There's two Predator movies, and then they went back <laughs> and they made another Predator movie called Predators. Let me tell you what I've seen because that's confusing. Okay. All right, I saw like the the four old Alien movies. Right. Then I saw, yeah, two, the I saw Predator one and two, like the first one was Schwarzenegger and the first one, the second one was the crazy Danny Glover, right? Yep. Okay. Then I saw the first Alien versus Predator, where they're like trapped in that weird maze in the Arctic or something. Right. And I did see Predators, the the thing with like Adrian Brody. Right. Last year, okay, yeah. So I guess I the wow. <laughs> I guess the only one I'm missing is uh, AVP two or whatever it is. Yes, which I've actually heard is uh, much better than AVP one. Yeah, wasn't wasn't the first one like PG thirteen or something? Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't think that that was the reason why people didn't like it. I'm sure it contributed, yeah. But um, now. I like I haven't seen the Predator movies in like a really long time, so that I barely remember, you know, the plots of those movies. Um, I had never seen the Alien movies. Now, really? I, yeah, I've owned like I've owned all four for years. I I picked up the Quadrilogy like you know a bunch of years ago, like cheap. The Quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. Like that can't be right. Pretty sure that's what it's called. Silly Jim, quadrilogically isn't a real world like quadrilogy is. Um, <laughs> hold on, let me see. Quad. These are the invaluable services we provide people here on the Lantern Cast. <laughs> While you're looking that up, remember at the end of the Danny Glover movie, he gets on the ship and he sees, like, the trophy wall and there's, like, the alien skull, and that's when people freaked out because that was the first, like, oh my god, they're in the same universe moment. Right. That Uh, that I definitely remember. Well, in um, Justice League International number four, which I own because I didn't know the book was going to be bad, and I just had to wait for issues to run out and stop coming to me. Yeah. 
there's a scene where Guy Gardner's on like the main bad guy spaceship, and they have he's walking past a trophy wall that has an alien skull, and he's just kind of looking at it. <laughs> so I I kind of laughed at that. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's cool. That's funny, even though they're not in the same universe. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, you know, pred- there was a predator in the Sinestro Corps. That is true. Uh huh. And they have crossed over. Yeah. So I guess maybe he got them that time. Maybe that's what Prometheus will be about. Maybe it'll be about Guy Gardner fighting predators. That would be awesome. I swear to God, I hope not. You're right, it is quadrilogy. Yes! I am vindicated. I have thought that it was called the quadrilogy for years. Basically, since I bought it. You own it! I don't even have it in my home. (laughs) Yeah, quadrilogy actually sounds like an actual word. Quadrilogy... Never it sounds really, like a math thing. Yeah, it never really made sense to me because there's so many more syllables than trilogy. Isn't quadrology like a type of triangle? I don't. It, I think it sounds more like a religion. I think I'm going to start worshipping it. <laughs> as soon as we're done here tonight. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, yeah, so I have, I've had them for years. Never. Wa- yeah, why'd you bring this up? <laughs> well, I, I'm getting to that. Okay. So... <laughs> With uh, the trailer for Prometheus yes. making the rounds online, I'd, I've seen it a few weeks ago. I am, like, super excited for this movie. Even never having seen an Alien movie, I was super excited for this for this movie. Because, for one thing, it just sounds like it's got a great plot. And then, it's definitely set in the same <laughs> universe as Aliens. Um, whether or not it's a prequel or not remains to be seen. Um... But the, just the premise, it, I very excited for it, and that made me want to finally, you know, okay, finally I have to watch these movies, so that way I will be able to pick up the, uh, you know, the connections more easily. So did you sit down and watch them yet, or? Well, uh, Lauren's on board. She actually was really interested in seeing them too. Last night we finally watched the first two. Uh, we we watched Alien and it was it was fantastic, and then like immediately afterwards, Lauren's like, "Put in the second one! Put in the second one!" Oh, this can't go good. These are two very different movies. Um, oh, the second one was great. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, Did we, she think they were great? Yeah, and in fact, when I got home today, and when she got home, she's like, "Let's start watching the third one." Uh oh. And I'm like, "We have to wait. We have to wait till tomorrow." I'm like, "I gotta get some you know stuff done tonight." So, uh, tomorrow we'll watch the second two Alien movies. Oh, boy. Alien Alien Cubed and then Alien Resurrection. Yes. Did you, did you hear, like, Alien Resurrection was, like, originally, like, it was a Joss Whedon thing that the studio kind of un-Joss Whedonified? Oh, wow. Yeah. I I think his name's still on it, but... Don't hold it against him. <laughs> huh. uh, the first three. I mean, the first one's directed by Ridley Scott. The mm. second one by James Cameron. <laughs> and the third one by David Fincher. Huh. That's pretty good. I mean, like, yeah. So those those three have a pretty uh, pretty nice name, you know, name recognition off the bat. Um, Prometheus is Ridley Scott, right? Yes. Okay. So, um... Yeah, so I mean, like, so they're really good. And then I have the the two Predator movies, which we'll watch right after that. 
and then we'll be getting Aliens versus Predator 1 and 2, and then eventually Predators. So, like, we're, you know, we're, what do you call it, uh, we're committed to it now. We, we're dying oh, to see them all. <laughs> when does the new movie come out? I have like, no idea. Probably, like, March or so. So you're gonna totally burn out on this, and then have nothing to fill the void for months. Basically. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, there's, like, a million comics of Aliens and Predator. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sure they're all fantastic. So I'll, I'll probably be doing some research on that stuff also. But uh, now, and, okay, now I'm going to say spoiler <laughs> alerts, you know, all right. because I, I want to go into, like, a couple of little things here that have nothing to do with Green Lantern, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll get to the voicemails in a, about five minutes or so if anybody wants to fast forward. Hey, before we I lose this thought, okay. you know what we should do what? to kind of fill filled the void between you finishing all those movies and the new movie coming out. What? An episode covering Green Lantern versus Aliens. I like it. The epic uh, in Air Bunnies DC Dark Horse crossover from the 90s. Alien versus Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's a good one. Sweet. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> now, okay, spoiler alerts. The way that I'm looking at this, the the aliens are they're xenomorphs, right? Uh yeah, that's what they call them. So that now, I mean, I've seen some things as far as like what do you call it? Uh, further on down the line, one of the Alien versus Predator movies, an alien infects a predator, and we get a predator alien. Yes. So that when whatever species these things you know hatch out of. It takes on their characteristics. Yep. So, so far, I mean, and like I haven't, I haven't seen anything, you know, that would <clears throat> counter this yet. But from what I'm looking at, like the total exposure that humans have had to the aliens up until the point that I've seen is just from the aliens that crash-landed on that first planet. Yes. And all of those aliens hatched out of some creature that was dead in the chair that looked a shitload like one of those aliens. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the whole ship... Like, the, the technology of the ship, as well as the skeletal remains of that creature, that alien creature, look very similar to the first alien that humans ever see. <clears throat> so what I'm wondering is, like, if that's what the aliens look like from the starting point forward, then before that, it's conceivable that aliens looked absolutely nothing like we know aliens to look like today. Given the architecture of the ship and the way that the alien, the dead alien, that the first alien must have hatched out of, the way that they looked, it makes me think that, you know, as far as every alien past that point, all looking almost exactly like that first alien, it makes me think that beyond before, before that point, aliens may have looked absolutely nothing like what they look like today. 
That stands, that stands to reason, I think. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, now, <clears throat> seeing as how I haven't seen, let's see, two of the Alien movies, um, I didn't see the crossover with the Predator movie. I, mean, I, I don't remember the part from the Predator 2. I didn't see Alien vs. Predator uh, 1 or 2. I don't even know when they take place. Um, I don't know when ever, anything takes place in conjunction with each other. You know, but... And as far as the comics, I don't know if the comics tie in, if they're in canon or not. But, you know, when, when it gets right down to it, it's like, if that first alien looked, you know, that, that they hatched out of, looks exactly like the way aliens look now, then it makes me think that, you know, this movie Prometheus could be a prequel to, you know, the, the alien movie and show us what the the aliens actually started out looking like. Hmm. So that's my little theory. I mean, I, yeah. it, it could be completely shot to hell <laughs> after I've seen a few more of the movies, but um, I'm still really, really excited to see Prometheus. Yeah. Like I, when I heard about it, I didn't really care. Cause I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen all of this, all of these movies, but I've never been like huge into them. Like a lot of people are. And I think, I forget who, it might have been Corwin who posted the trailer on our forum and started talking about, like, rumors he had heard about what the movie's about. Because that's, like, people are still trying to figure out what the hell the movie's going to be about, other than, like, how is it tying in to the franchise and this and that, or Ellen's going to be in it because they don't seem to want to say so or not. Right. But, like, even just the trailer, just taking it as, like, a sci fi horror ish movie, it looks like it's going to be good. So I'm like, I saw that once, and I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to go see this now. Now, the one question that I have um, is, are, are the movies based on the comic? I think the, I think it's the other way around. The comics are based on the movie. Yeah. The movies were um, at least partly based on... Um, Oh God, what's his name? Uh, H.R. Geiger. Yeah, off of his artwork. Like that's where they pulled the alien designs from, and then they became movies, and the movies exploded, and eventually, I don't know. If Dark Horse was the first publisher, but the comics started to spring up. Anyway, so look for our Prometheus movie commentary this March. <laughs> oh man, it would be really horrible if we put out a Prometheus commentary <laughs> before we put out a Green Lantern movie commentary especially, especially since it'll be like a year before it comes out on dvd we'll just take a, record, <laughs> we'll take a recorder into the theater and piss off everybody <laughs> we'll be whispering into the microphone the whole time screw that i'm talking like this they'll, be, they'll yell at me and throw popcorn i'll be like this is for the lantern cast what would be even funnier is the fact that anybody that actually wanted to listen to the commentary along with the movie would have <laughs> to bring the recorder or the uh, the player into the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Listen with one earbud in. Uh, no, no, they'll be listening with speakers. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make it as irritating as possible for the people surrounding you. Absolutely. That's what we strive for. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We have a voicemail. Yes, we do. And I'm going to play it now. Hey, this is Andy from Claremont. Just listen to your podcast episode 
13 or 130, I don't know. Uh, you said you don't have anybody leaving you voicemail, so here's a voicemail for you. And yes, you do have a uh, an intro to your voicemail. Finish? Um, what did he say at the end? You, you do have a... Do have an intro. Because we, remember, we couldn't remember if we set something up, like, telling people they're calling the Lantern cast. Oh, okay, okay. Because for a couple versions of the voicemail, we didn't have that. <laughs> well, thank you, Andy, for the voicemail. <laughs> yes, and somehow, I think we found Andy's mutant power, which he is, he is perfectly understandable through Google Translate or Google Voice, because I'm looking at the text and it is very close. Well, uh, Andy, we we appreciate the voicemail, um, (laughs) and uh, we hope to hear from you again soon. Yes. Uh, Next one? (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Jim and Dan, this is Jesse from South Carolina. I was just listening to your Not the Rebirth episode where you said nobody ever calls your voicemail, so I decided to call it. Um, love the podcast. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Um, it's nice to listen to a podcast about Green Lantern where the people are actually fans of the book. And one other thing, um, I'm one of those 13 people in the world who hates coffee also. So we are out there. That's all for now. Bye. Okay, so maybe I thought those are from the same person. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. Thank you, Jesse. We appreciate the voicemail. Um, now, one of my favorite things uh, is always like picking up on the the errors that Google Voice makes when it translates these things into words. When it translates everyone but Andy. <laughs> um, so apparently, uh, <laughs> according to Google Voice... Jesse uh, said, it's nice to lose new podcast. Green Eyes are aware of the people are actually friends of the book. Hmm. And uh, he's one of those 13 people in the world that rates coffee. Yes. Well, I also rate coffee. I mean... Exceptionally low. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be a good job to uh, rate coffee. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think he he gives it like a five hour pass, or does he do like a, a zero to a hundred scale? <laughs> I give this zero charge. Oh, this is this is absolutely a forty three and a half. Oh. God, uh, that was the not the reverse the so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not the rebirth episode. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Told you coffee sucks. That was zany. We should yeah. we should do these voicemails more often. Yeah, like when we get them. <laughs> God, uh, I don't I'm know amazed. About, I don't know about that often. I'm amazed. Like these were both left within this calendar month, so I'm amazed you actually played them. Did we? Uh, did we play the last one? Which not. last one? Uh, probably not. What the hell is that? Um, Chad's online. Yeah. He says says something about a zebra. Oh, well, his name is Scott. I where is this? Hang on. I feel like we did get we did play this one. I don't remember things about zebras. Okay, well, let's play it. (laughs) I'm not gonna play it. Fine. But thank you, Scott, again. Yes, I wonder what he really talked about because I don't think it was zebras. (laughs) I think it's better knowing that it's zebras. Fine. All right.
So, shall we move on to the books? Uh, I guess so. I believe you're up first. Oh, God. You're like, I hate these books! Ah. <laughs> okay, Green Lantern number four. Uh, this is uh, Jeff Johns, Doug Monkey, Chris A- Christian Alame, and Keith Champagne. I guess... Uh, is Christian Alame the art, the colorist? Um. Oh, Christian Alame and Keith Champagne are both on inks. Alex yeah. Sinclair is the colorist. You really think there's only going to be one inker in this book? <laughs> yeah, silly me. I mean, they're down to two, so this is this is revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, this book it's picking up from when. Hal Jordan flew into the Sinestro Corps battery and started dissolving. Um, this book picks up. Turns out that since Hal Jordan isn't Sinestro, he uh, he isn't going to be transported. So the the <clears throat> giant yellow battery um, spits him out, and uh, he's kind of you know kind of dazed for a minute. The Sinestro Corps members, they uh, they swarm. They get the both of them. They throw Hal Jordan <laughs> into a, a cell that is built to absorb his energy um, to uh, kind of use up all the power in his ring so that they can kill him. Um, and uh, in, they don't do that to Sinestro right off the bat. They first try and remove the ring, um, the Green Lantern ring, by inflicting lots and lots of pain. That doesn't work, um, so they throw him into one of the cells also, but they don't throw him into an empty cell like they did Hal Jordan. They throw him into a cell filled with other members of Korrigar that uh, all have a grudge against Sinestro. And uh, it's his former general... Um, and then a bunch of other people that are generally not happy with Sinestro. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, by the way, Hal Jordan's ring that he, he ends up, he tries to get out, but he was so low on energy. He had one, enough, uh, energy for one last construct and he made it of Carol so that he could apologize to her and see her one last time. So, uh, the two of them are both stuck in this, you know, these, these power-draining cells. Hal Jordan has no energy. The only way that they can, you know, that he thinks that they can uh, get out is by deputizing all of these other, you know, people of Korrigar that have been, you know, trapped in this, this same room. Now, power-wise, it's only going to be enough power to last, like, five or ten minutes, but uh, Hal's confident that that'll be enough time to get, you know, get things done, so to speak. The only problem is uh, all of these people that hate Sinestro, they got a ring, and the first thing they want to do is kill Sinestro. Um, now, as has uh, Hal already knows, that's probably not going to be uh, too, uh, too successful, but uh, I guess they'll try. Hmm. That's it. What do you think about the mass deputizing of these people? Um, I don't know. I, 
I wasn't really big on this issue, and I wasn't really big on that either. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I my reaction when I read this was like I got to the last couple pages and like that cliffhanger was kind of like, oh, okay, we're gonna do this now. Yeah. Which I hope they. I haven't read the number five yet. Me neither. So I, I hope they move past this within the first couple pages because like it's just not. I mean, it feels like a div- just like a diversion from the plot, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, like the, they're not gonna solve anybody's issues with Sinestro here. It's gonna be one of those. Okay, we have we want to kill you, but also oh, help me. We'll work with you this one time to get out of this, and then we'll deal with you later. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's ridiculous because <clears throat> what you call it? Um. They realize that the Sinestro Corps has taken over their planet and is forcing everybody into slavery. Um, Sinestro comes in. Now, regardless of what he did in the past, he's offering you, like, you know, your one shot at, at freedom. Now, even if, you know, you have to deal with the harshness that was Sinestro... At least, like, he wasn't, he wasn't forcing people into slavery, he wasn't, you know, beating people to death and causing fear everywhere. It was like, you know, he was ruling with an iron fist like a dictator would. But, you know, it, it can't possibly be as bad as it is with the Sinestro Corps. Yeah. But at the same time, Sinestro's constantly compared to, to, like, being space Hitler. And if, if somehow Hitler came back here, to, like, today... And at, like once people got over the whole like, hey, he's alive. <laughs> Nobody would believe anything he said. Nobody would give him a chance. Well, especially since like everything that says like, yeah, he indirectly maybe, but he like what's going on on Korrigar is his fault. Like he gave all these, he gave the, his core power, and he left them in charge of his world. So like, right, right. <laughs> you know, and I I get that, but by the same token. If Hitler showed up alive on Earth with a Green Lantern power ring and he was, you know, showing us, look, this is the energy that I have, and there was, like, some kind of alien menace, then do you really think that people will be like, yeah, you know what, we'll deal with the alien menace that's killing, slaughtering, and enslaving us, rather than have Hitler save us? I think Hitler with superpowers is... So terrible an idea that yeah no people wouldn't wouldn't trust him at all. I I mean I don't know I mean like, absolutely not. Like like if Hitler came back and he's like listen I'm sorry you know but I want to I want to fix things now you know granted you know, granted it's not like everybody's tread, gonna forgive tread him. lightly tread lightly it's not like people are gonna forgive him. <laughs> But they'll they'll be like it's like well, you know at least he's a human who is apologetic and wants to save humanity, as opposed to letting some sort of alien menace enslave and wipe us all out. Yeah, no, absolutely not. You would you would still team up with you'd still be like you know it's like yeah oh, alien menace you know <laughs> please kill us. Look, if if Hitler showed up with a power ring that could save humanity, 
kill Hitler and take the ring. <laughs> no, but nobody on Earth would have the power to do that. Eh. I'm sure if enough people tried at once. <laughs> if you fire every bullet in the world directly at him at the same time. Like, bottom line is, like, it's, it's perfectly understandable why they w- would react this way. But it's just, like, <clears throat> as part of this story, it's just, it's one of those where, like, okay. Like, I don't, like, I don't even know how long the story arc is. I think it's five issues. Like, I'm looking forward to reading the end of it. But it has nothing to do with this cliffhanger. And I mean, granted, like, that image of Sinestro vomiting up the rings looks really cool. But that, again, I don't know why he has to vomit them out. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That's one of those where I think it was just, like, they got an idea for a cool visual. And they're like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, work for Black Hand. (laughs) Oh, and and just in terms of uh, practicality... When Hal suggests this, Sinestro even says, you know, dividing the power stored in the ring like that, they would only last five, maybe ten minutes. Okay, so <clears throat> so the com- the power of this entire group is the same as the amount of power Sinestro had by himself before making those rings. So if that group can bust out of the cell, then Sinestro by himself could bust out of that cell. That is so, absolutely not true. That, shut up. What the hell are you talking about? That is 100% <laughs> no, because... Ex- explain yourself. Okay. <clears throat> if you have a magnifying glass... Okay. ...and you shine light through the magnifying glass then it's going to get <coughs> focused onto one point. Okay. Right? And you're going to have the, you know, the <laughs> the strength of that one lens. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take that magnifying glass <laughs> and you send it out and have it carved up into a hundred smaller magnifying glasses that are all aimed at the same point and they all take in light, then the point at which they all converge is going to be, like, a hell of a lot hotter than if it was just the one magnifying glass. The thing is, the thing that you have to remember is that it's not just the power of the ring. It's magnified by their willpower. Yeah, that's true. So instead of it just being, you know, the strength of Sinestro, it's, like, the strength of the ring... Time, you know, plus Sinestro times a hundred people's more willpower, you know, to get past all the uh, obstacles. Yeah, because I mean, the way he said phrased in this panel, it made me think like, okay, so once once Sinestro made Hal's ring, like you know, if Sinestro's power went from ten to five, you know, so like when he makes all these others, it's splitting even more. But like, I forgot the whole like amped up by your own personal thing right. thing. So okay. I'll give him leeway on that. It's still a shitty idea, but I'll give him leeway on that. <clears throat> um, do we still think, what's her name, Arsona is his sister? Oh, no. No, definitely not. Okay, because I'm like, that would have come up. I yeah. Think. <laughs> uh, although, 
Um, <laughs> they do make the reference to Sinestro not being able to save her husband or her, her partner. One has to wonder, was her partner somebody that we know? Like Abin. Uh, why would why would Abin Sir be her part? Like, I can't remember. I've read this a few days ago. Partner as in, like, romantically or in the police? I think it was uh, romantic. My partner would have said the same thing if he were alive. But I suppose that wasn't your fault either. Yeah, because most of what she's talking about is, like, relating to how he, how she, like, her job and how she collaborated with him and all the crap that went down because of that. So that, I think when I read through this, I thought she was talking about, like, her, her, uh, field partner, you know? Yeah, but I mean, it really, it could be, it could go either way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it very well could be somebody that we know. Or it could just be somebody that died, you know, because of Sinestro. Yeah. This episode... This episode... <clears throat> this issue, like, it went so quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I, and, and afterwards, it's like, you know, it went so quick, and it, I wasn't really left, like... You know, when you think about it, it's like, wow, did that go quick because it was a quick read? Or did it go quick because, like, I was so <laughs> into it, I was, like, flying through it. Um, it wasn't the flying through it option. Huh. I, I liked it for the most part. I think I think it had, like, a dumb ending, but... I mean, like, I like the whole... I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that Sinestro has a uh, backdoor to, to, to Quard hidden away uh which makes me that you know that and the the title text make me kind of hope like hopeful that we'll get a mongol story eventually because like the o in sinestro with like the hit the symbol in it that's like exactly like his chest dealy the square yeah um Um, is it? What? I thought the Mongol symbol was a little more squared off. The Sinestro I don't know. Symbol. It might be. It's a square with a Sinestro Whatever. symbol inside I, it. It's the same thing. Bottom line, I mean, you know, it's not the last we've seen of Mongol. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, do you think Sinestro just didn't know his plan wouldn't work? Or, like... Because, I mean, if he... Oh yeah, yeah. I I I absolutely one hundred percent think that he was under the impression that Hal flying into the yellow power battery with a green, you know, little battery would have worked. He absolutely like, thought that. Like he knows it's a portal to the antimatter universe, right? He knows that it's a He knows that it's a portal for him. Um, now, Sinestro set it up so that if somebody brings a Green Lantern power battery into the yellow central power battery, 
that it, it will shut down the yellow central power battery. Now, there are three things that could have changed that whole situation so that that was not the case. One, Mongol. Mongol did something from the inside. Mm-hmm. Maybe he, you know, it could very well be that he made it so that if Sinestro came in, he would get transported to Quard, where he would have it out with Mongol. Hmm. You know, like, you know, that might not very well be a Sinestro placed, you know, okay. safeguard. Um, but then again, it might be, and that's why he sent Hal in. Hmm. Um, because he knew that he would get transported. So there's that. It could be one of the other Sinestro Corps members, um, you know, or or even Quardians did something to change that so that it couldn't be shut down by a green power battery. <coughs> Although that that's unlikely. Yeah, yeah. The third option is something that Sinestro would have had no control over, and that's if the Guardians made a change to a power battery. What his? To all oh, of oh them. his. Uh, you mean the green one? Yes. Okay. I like get it. like if. They said if they like went through and changed something about the power batteries, then all of a sudden it may not, you know, work the same way that Sinestro was thinking that it would. Well, hey, they're getting ready to uh to junk the Green Lantern Corps, so maybe there's they're getting ready to decommission some batteries. Possibly. Yeah, maybe they don't have the same connection that they once had to the Green Lantern Central Power Battery. Yeah. I mean, not to mention, like, the Green Lantern Central Power Battery has, like, you know, fallen over and been broken. <laughs> you name it, it, it's happened over the past few months, so. It's been recharged from people's rings before. It's, it's not had, it hasn't had a good couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a few options with that. Um. But yeah, I definitely think that Sinestro was under the impression that Hal Jordan flying in with a green battery should have shut it down. Yeah. I like the, uh, I like the idea that some of his core trying to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe the green ring is influencing him. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that members Mm -hmm. of the Sinestro core are showing slight signs of hope. I mean, without him, what are they really? They're just like a bunch of punks that happen to be re- really well armed. Criminals. Yeah. It's basically like a prison planet, except the prisoners can leave whenever they like. Yeah. And this this uh, Inquisitor doctor that's trying to get his ring off reminds me of something, but I don't know what. Professor Insid. Um, yeah. he, he probably reminds you of, uh, <clears throat> the Apocalyptin guy from the Batman R.I.P. I didn't read R.I.P. Well, it was also in, uh, I think it was also in, um, Oh, was it in Final Crisis? Yeah, I think, I think they had an appearance in that. Oh, I might, I think I remember who you're talking about. Yeah. Maybe it's him. <gasps> uh, 
I, you know, I, and I just looked up his name recently. Why? <laughs> because I saw somebody on TV that reminded me of that character. Like, you saw somebody on TV that reminded you of an apocalyptic guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, were you watching Fox News? It was really like a weird looking person. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, why does that person look so weird and so familiar? I'm like, oh my god. So I just start searching, and I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty good resemblance right there. <laughs> uh, now, what you call it? These these rooms that suck up your energy. Yes. Um, does that seem a little too convenient for you? No. I mean, isn't this... Uh, let me see here. What do they call? What do they say about it? <clears throat> are these different from the fear lodges where they have to learn to light their own rings? Oh yeah, well it's the complete opposite. I, I well, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, look, I I agree it is kind of convenient, but at the same time, I would probably think they would be stupid to not have these considering they spend most of their time going to war with other armies with power rings. That's true. Realistically, more cores should have these rooms. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I can think to bring up for this issue is um, the whole, like, the nice little scene of, like, Hal making the construct of Carol as the light goes out. <laughs> she, she's the light of his life, Jim. She's the light of his life. And then it gets snuffed out. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a, that, that three-panel sequence as it fades off at the bottom of that page is, like, nice and kind of depressing. It's kind of his one of those moments of, like, well, here's where my life is. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing a tie. Ties suck. That's got to make this whole thing worse for him. <laughs> <laughs> can't help yeah. okay so yeah I'm looking forward to yeah this is like I don't know what other num- like books you're still reading but like number four was kind of like a kind of a rough month for some of the books like I like what I blah 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 I read Green Lantern number four Justice League number four and Batman number four like back to back to back in like, right when I got my shipment. <clears throat> and I'm not going to spoil the endings to those two. But, like, two of them, like, Green Lantern and one of the others left me thinking, oh, really? We're doing this now? Yeah. Well, I'm, lo- I'm, looking t- I'm looking forward to reading number five, but that's based entirely on the strength of the previous issues and not on number four. Yeah. And the ending to one of them left me thinking, wait, what happened? That was visually confusing to me. So, so what I expected to be like three, three of the top like awesome endings were kind of a, yeah, okay, that's fine, I guess. Um, <clears throat> y- yeah, I mean, uh, I well, I think with with Green Lantern Core, which we'll get to next, that one. They, they they gave you information, um, and in, in this storyline, I mean, like that goes a long way for me. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> although I think the next issue might be more of a filler kind of thing. Number five, you mean? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't read it yet, but I, I flipped through it, um, and I think that one looks a little bit more fillery, whereas I think this particular issue of Green Lantern was a bit more fillery. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I think I think all of them are going to have like that one issue where nothing really happens too much. It's just like it progresses the story a tiny bit, and it really could have been handled within like a page or two of you know the, pr- the issue prior or the issue after. Hmm. But they yeah. they stretch it out to make it you know last so many issues for the <laughs> trade. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the second arcs for a bunch of these books. Just to like, I don't know, kind of move on from what we're seeing right now, but also just in terms of like, okay, what else you got? <laughs> you know, like even the bo- even the story arcs I'm liking. Like, I want to see what happens next. Like, I almost kind of wish all the opening arcs were like maybe two or three issues instead of like four to six. Well, is anything four issues? <clears throat> Uh, Aquaman. Aquaman is four issues. Yep. Aqua, uh, Aquaman number four ended the initial, the opening story arc for that series. Mm-hmm. Great sure. ending, by the way. I'm pretty sure I got number four. You would remember number four because it's awesome. I didn't read it yet. I definitely didn't read it. Ah, oh, why'd you read? Why'd you read some of this crap, but not Aquaman? Oh, man, my. My whole comic book priorities and whatnot has been shifting. No. Comic book pri- Look, Aquaman starts with A. It's easy to keep it at the top. Come on. Anyway. Green Lantern Corps. Green Lantern Corps number four, written by Pierre J. Tomasi. Art. We got the triumphant return of Fernando Persarin with inks by Scott Hanna. And where are you? Credits page. There you are. It's kind of gooey. Well, the image. Uh... <laughs> Uh, uh, Scott Hanna Inker, Gabe, Gabe is the color, (laughs) (laughs) and so on. So, you know, pick up kind of where we left off with, you know, Porter and (laughs) Porter and Porter's pals retreated from uh, the planet Zubis and kind of left behind accidentally Jon Stewart and five other guys. And, you know, they're in trouble. Their rings are running low. They're surrounded by ninjas. It's a bad time. <laughs> and <laughs> Willpower ninjas. Yeah. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's like uh, the podcast I've always ta- has been calling these guys Will Ninjas, which I think I like that a lot better than the Keepers, actually. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the Keepers, the Will Ninjas, whatever you want to call them, they're all like, okay... You guys are really going to keep fighting because this is kind of over and we completely won, so you should just stop. And, you know, of course they don't. You know, they try to, to fight with their fists now and they try to, to turn their own, the bad guy's own weapons against them, but they're, they're DNA locked, so that doesn't work out. And, and, you know, John realizes, okay, everybody's going to get slaughtered. We have to surrender. And, and just kind of to make a point, they just, they slaughter one of, I don't even know this guy's name, but he takes, like, a sword through the face. <laughs> and the rest of them get rounded up and taken back to the mysterious home world that's on the other side of the portal. Um, meanwhile, back on Oa, 
Guy Gardner's doing his best, uh, his best bad cop, bad cop with, uh, that, uh, that one keeper ninja <laughs> that, uh, John punched out and, the Porter accidentally brought back to Oa, trying to learn whatever he can. You know, he's taken all sorts of video surveillance and sent it to Salak and Salak's relaying it to the Guardians who, who, you know, reliable as they ever are say yeah we've never heard of this guy before so (laughs) guy decides to apply the proper amount of tact and reason to his interrogation by hitting the guy hitting his prisoner repeatedly in the face with his fist with constructs and with his own face (laughs) and you know while that's going on like all the other you know all the other uh, lanterns who have been spotlighted in or spotlit in this story arc so far are kind of dealing with the trauma of what they all went through. You know, Hanu is knocking building-sized rocks over because he hates the fact that he couldn't save everybody. He didn't. He, he didn't want to leave anybody behind. You know, Izamod's he's having like nightmares because like he went through a lot of shit. Like his limbs are regenerating, but still and uh. You know, Sheriff What's Her Face is trying to, to you know, make herself better. Like she's, she she's really hit by the fact, like, okay, okay, I wasn't good enough. I shouldn't be alive. That kind of thing. So she's in like their their eye. Uh, <laughs> she apparently went to visit the X Men. Is is in the danger room. Yeah. <laughs> um. And you know, we cut back to Guy Gardner. Uh, he's kind of going nowhere with his interrogation, and then the Martian Manhunter shows up. And guys like, what? Who are you? <laughs> and then, and then Jean sticks his hand in the dude's face, and there's a lot of things going through faces in this issue. <clears throat> like he learns a lot. This, this is, this is our exposition fairy for this story. Where Jean learns that okay, these are called the keepers. They come. They're the people that were in charge of watching over your power batteries, which. You know, when you stuck them in that little hole in space, I guess they went to these guys and they kept them up or whatever. And and now they are coming to Oa for the central power battery. Dun dun dun. And since we're talking about it right now, let's so let's talk about Jean for a second. Because when I turned the page and I saw the March Manhunter, I'm like, oh cool, guy like. Guy uses Justice League connections to call in the Martian Manhunter. That, that's awesome. That's a good use of the DC universe. Yep. And that would be that would make sense with like the whole like okay, I need to interrogate, like I need to get information out of somebody who we cannot get information out of. Like so, you call in your telepath friend. And then like I turn the page, and it's like, what? Because like this, this is this is the new first meeting between these two characters. Yeah. And like, not only that, but he he, he just kind of waltzes into Oa unannounced without anybody knowing about it. Which like, I don't know if you've read any Stormwatch, but the explanation he gave actually does make sense because they have like these teleport doors. That's how they get where they want to go. I don't know how they know anything about the Will Ninjas though, since they're not even remotely near Earth. But well, um, 
can't Stormwatch uh, transport different places through the bleed? Probably. I mean, their their headquarters is a ship in like another dimension or something. Right, right. So it stands to reason that they would be able to track dimension crossers. Okay, I like that then. So, but I mean, as far as Guy Gardner never meeting Martian Manhunter before this moment, that seems very odd. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I, how I rationalize it that made me feel better about this. Uh, Jean even says that you know, okay, I'll explain all this to you. Uh, he basically says, "I'm I'm explaining all of this stuff to you. I'm doing all this exposition because I'm going to delete all of the stuff I don't want you to know about me from your memory as soon as I leave." Right. <clears throat> so maybe like once he decides to shift, because in Stormwatch he does say like he was with the Justice League for a time. So at, like at one point he shifted to doing Black Ops work. So maybe oh. when he did that, he decided to lower his profile a little bit and kind of take away some, like collectively, you know, edit some memories. Oh man, that sounds like a lot of work. <clears throat> yeah, but I mean, well, well, this guy spends most of his time meditating and eating cookies anyway, so may as well. <laughs> Lazy superhero. <laughs> oh, and I believe that that Green Lantern that. uh you know, got killed in like the first or first two pages or so. Yes, I believe his name was uh, Kanen Fader. Ha 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 ha. That was a lantern invented for the sole purpose of being killed. Uh, uh. <laughs> you know what's funny? Jokes. This happens. Well, yes, the jokes. Oh. <laughs> um. Both this issue and New Guardians actually seem to go out of their way to make references to to pre-relaunch stories. And I don't know if that's an effort to show people, like, hey, look, history's still intact here. Or, because I mean, in, um, <clears throat> when Guy is, he first requests a telepath, he, right. he, uh, what's it, what is, where is he, is, um... Uh, get Lantern Sarek here. We took out that quintet eye- eyeball killer together a while back. And so it's like, don't you remember? He he died. He died during Blackest Night. And I'm like, oh, okay. That was kind of... That was, that was interesting. And there was another one. Oh, and um, when uh, Isamod is talking to Sheriff, what's her name? Yeah, he, makes, he gives uh, his legs up. Yeah, he's like, yeah, my former partner... You know, he lost his legs, and I donated mine to him, and then they regenerated. I mean, it's like, it's like there was... It kind of makes sense. Like, it made enough sense to incorporate both of those little asides, but at the same time, it's like they didn't have to like that. So it makes me wonder why they did. Yeah, where's his partner been? <clears throat> I think we saw him in a few crowd shots, but I don't think we've heard anything about, like, Vath getting reassigned or anything. Uh, it makes me wonder, like, the fact that it happens in the same issue as uh, the revelation about Guy and Jean's history, 
it makes me wonder if like there were little nods in there to say like okay look it's not, we're not wiping everything clean look at all these stories you read still count it's just like these two haven't met yet kind of thing uh, that's a good point it's a good issue yeah yeah pretty good I think I liked it better than I liked uh, the last couple yeah, I, uh, it might be my favorite issue of this series so far since I, the relaunch I uh, I thought the uh, what do you go? The Emerald Plains was a cool visual. It is. Like, do you think like that's where the batteries sat? Yes. Yeah, when they were in, uh, and 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 really, like, because I don't think we really touched on it too much. Um, the whole point of these keepers is that they are the ones that kept watch of the power batteries when they were in that little pocket dimension. Yeah. Um, oh God. What? I just noticed, like, on the Emerald Plains, like, you can see, like, the, it's not the, the, it's not a circle, it's like the, the handle. Right, right. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's where they were stored. They've, they're stored in this, this world. Um, now, oh, I see. Now, okay, here's the two issues. Uh, and the first one is, is more me. He, Guy is showing Martian Manhunter how they used to pull the, the lanterns out of the portal. Yeah. Uh, that's just a construct, though. Yes. Okay. Now, the part where this gets a little confusing is that in, I believe it was the last issue. Yeah, it was. It was the last issue of Green Lantern, number three. Sinestro pulls the battery out of that pocket dimension. Yeah. So, you know. <clears throat> oh, you mean in that arc of Green Lantern, Sinestro is doing something he's not supposed to be doing? Well... No! <laughs> well, I mean, according to Guy Gardner, they said that it's become, you know... Was it, uh... It's basically like it's a shaky connection now. So, I mean, like, you know, you wouldn't really think that Sinestro would want to, you know, put it put his battery in danger if if there was something going on like that. Well, is it real? Well, where, what's he say? Uh, uh, bah, 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 bah. The Guardians told us a little... Uh, told us a little while back that the wormhole situation became unstable. That from here on out we'd have to blah blah blah. That's what the Guardian said. <clears throat> Maybe like like the whole like the whatever the reason like blah, what am I trying to say? The reason for them not using this anymore might have more to do with the people on the other end than it does on the connection. Oh, I no, I I can buy that, but like, I mean, like the very same issue. Like the Guardians took three seconds to deny any knowledge of this person, so it's like I don't think they want anybody to know what the hell is going on on the other side of those portals. Right, and the only thing that I'm getting at <laughs> is that like it just would seem odd that Sinestro's the, the last one still doing that, you know, putting his battery in this other realm. Yeah. So. Eh. 
He's only been a Green Lantern for like a couple hours. Maybe he doesn't know. Um, now, as far as ranking these, um, since we didn't rank Green Lantern four, uh, what would you give Green Lantern number four? Oh, Green Lantern number four, like five R right. pass. Um, borrow. Yeah, yeah, definitely borrow. That was a middle, middle of the road issue. Uh, Green Lantern core. <laughs> Green Lantern Core. Hmm. I give it a buy. I well, let me say. <clears throat> I'm gonna. I'll give it a low buy. So I think like I think the splash page gore at the beginning was a little. It was more than was needed. Yeah. For the story, and I thought like the like the un. The unwelcome surprise of the Martian Manhunter Guy Gardner history was kind of jarring at the end, but everything in the middle of this book, <clears throat> like I love, like I love downtime issues. Uh-huh. Like one of my favorite parts of of uh, Green Lantern event storylines, like Blackest Night or Sinestro Corps War, is the issue immediately after they're over, where we just get an entire issue of just the characters dealing with what they went through. So, like, that's also why I love to see most of the time in Marvel books, too, where it's, like, it's not the X-Men going out and and saving the day. It's the X-Men just doing their thing on an an average weekday afternoon. And, like, we got some good emotional storytelling here with people that went through something that they realized should have killed them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would give this, like... Between a regular buy and a low buy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is definitely, like, probably, like, the best issue of this book since it relaunched. I, w- I would say that, for me, it's, uh, like, this month, it probably ranks uh, up with uh, New Guardians <laughs> as far as uh, favorites of the month. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the art? Um... Is uh, like is Fernando Pissarin, has he gotten better than he was in issues one and two? Um, well, I, I, I enjoyed his art in, you know, the other ones. I wasn't too big on the, the fill-in artist. Um, although I, I think the fill-in artist was <clears throat> a better fill-in. Yeah, actually, no, the fill-in yeah. artist was, was good. Um, it wasn't like a jarring, you know, difference. Hmm. Not like New Guardians. Yeah. We'll get there in a second. I know you're trying to segue. <laughs> I've been trying. I, I, I basically gave us like two perfectly amazing segues. You did. You did. I'm just flipping through it. Because we didn't talk about the art. And I know I've been kind of... I've been down on this book since it started. And I want to make sure we give it its due. Because I thought... I thought the creators really, really stepped it up this in this one. Like, I, I love the part with uh, is the modern sheriff girl where she's like, uh, why, why are you wearing your ring on your tongue? Why don't you just put it on your tail? And he's like, shut up, that's why. And they immediately put <laughs> it on his tail, and he, and it works amazingly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that's actually a really great idea. Yeah. 
it's like he's shooting like one target when it's on his tongue, and then he puts it on his tail and he wipes out every target in the room. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like that. That was good. Yes. Nice. Uh, Green Lantern New Guardians number four. Uh, this is written by Tony Bedard, drawn by Tyler Kirkham, uh, inked by Harvey Talabau, <laughs> and either also inked by Bat or colored by Bat. Or colored inked. by Nay Rufino. That's it. Yep, it was it was inked by a bat. Okay. You don't know this by now. You don't know how awesome bats are. You, they ink comic books. You know, before I before I give the the recap of this issue, like as I was reading it, I forgot that Tony Bedard was writing it. And okay. I mean, you know, just because like. I mean, recent months, like, I've been, I've been enjoying New Guardians. Um, but, you know, like, now that I look back, I think back to some of the stuff that he wrote before the reboot. Um, For Green Lantern? Yeah, the, the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. And I think he got a lot better near the end. But when he first came on Green Lantern Corps, it was just like, certain things would just be a chore to read. Um, yeah, and, then, and you liked it more than I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, but just just like you know, from where we got to now with the Green Lantern New Guardians <laughs> number four, I mean, he has come a long way. Yeah, which is it's surprise. It still surprises me that it's taken this long to get to this level of quality, considering what he did with the Rebels. Which, you, if you haven't read, you need to read. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess... You know what it is? <laughs> I think it could just be that Rebels was a comic that he was just, like, a perfect match for right off the bat. <laughs> but something like Green Lantern, he really needed to... He re- really needed to find his connection. Mm. But, uh, in any case... Um, yeah, so we have a fantastic cover where you have Bleeze, Monk, uh, t- Arkillo, whose name just completely flew out of my head for a second. Kyle, <laughs> Fatality, they're all, you know, standing around Larflees, who's crouched down, holding uh, all the different power batteries. Um, he doesn't, uh, wait. Yeah, he doesn't have a violet one. He doesn't one. have a violet one. But he does have an indigo one. Which yeah. Doesn't really make any sense, but it makes for a cool visual. <laughs> yeah. Isn't Monk shooting him with his battery? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I looked at. It, I'm like, you know, Fatality really doesn't have a horse in this fight, does she? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good saying. I like that. Okay. So a lot of stuff really happened in this issue. Um, Larflees comes flying in on the shoulders of Sade. Um. <laughs> You know, people think that he's the one that sent those rings to Kyle, uh, which really isn't the case. But, uh, you know, Larflees has Sade attack the Guardians because they realize right off the bat that Ganthet is not the same Ganthet that Sade fell in love with. Larflees, you know, using the, his, the power of his guardian, guardian as well as the power of his entire, you know, core of constructs start attacking the, you know, the Green Lantern Guardians. 
giving all the other new guardians a chance to, uh, you know, recover from the guardians, kind of taking them apart. Um, St. Walker's healing Kyle. Um, we get some, uh, some mentions here and there that Sade may be planning, uh, a uh, kind of a break from Larfleys at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kyle is kind of left with a decision as far as does he follow Sade and find out why the rings went after Kyle, or does he stick around with the Guardians, uh, let them you know test him like a lab rat, and uh, find out why those rings. They may have dissolved, but they left a piece of their essence within Kyle. Um, you know, so does he? You know, go, does he find out the answers to, to one thing, or does he find out the answers to the other? And if he goes with with Ganthet, then you know, at some point, you know, he'll be a, a Green Lantern once again. But he sees he sees his you know his newfound comrades you know fighting and. He just kind of has to go with his gut. He'll never be a Green Lantern, you know, like all the other Green Lanterns ever again, according to Ganthet, but he has to do what he has to do, and uh, with that, he shoots an energy blast at Ganthet, basically utilizing the power of all the cores, which is freaking awesome. (laughs) Uh, Then he has Monk transport all of them, you know, out of Oa, uh, they go to uh, Okara. It takes a major drain on Monk, so he's got to recover. Meanwhile, uh, <clears throat> Bleez and Arkillo are none too pleased about the fact that they had to uh, retreat from Oa. They're, they're not big on that. But uh, St. Walker pulls a little mumbo-jumbo with Arkillo. <laughs> uses his uh, blue power to create a construct and uh, ends up healing and reforming Arkillo's tongue, um, which is awesome. It's a construct of Sinestro. It all depends on, you know, who's viewing the construct that it takes its shape. But it's Sinestro, and he absolves Arkillo from the shame of losing to... Mongol, which is interesting because there's another reference to Mongol. Mm-hmm. Um, Arkillo is healed. St. Uh, Walker is about to help out Bleez by clearing her mind, but uh, she takes off for parts unknown, although most likely she was taking off to... Uh, you know, that's ironic. She, she leaves Okara you know, because St. Walker was going to clarify her mind. <laughs> <laughs> and instead flies off, presumably, to Ysmold, uh, where Atrocitus promptly throws her into a blood lake of fire to clear her mind a different way. <laughs> Gotta say, I'd probably go with the blue flashlight option. Yeah, that sounds, uh, sounds a lot more pleasant. Yeah. Uh, so they all go into Larflees' lair that we have seen previously. Although now, if you notice, there are no rings... Oh, yeah. Um, which, it could just be that we're not looking at the right spot in the room. You know, it could be another corridor. Oh, yeah, that's 
Yeah. But uh, then Sade, uh, you know, she starts telling the story. Uh, those rings, which Larfley's, you know, he, he almost had his ring removed, but he and you know he was able to fight it off because he always, you know, was holding on to the power battery. He sent Glomulus to figure out what was going on, and he sent Sade to find out, you know, what was going on with the whole thing. Apparently, some sort of extra-dimensional force was causing these rings to go to Kyle. Why, we don't know, but the answer lies on something coming through a white hole at the center of the well, this galaxy. Um, I guess it's the center of the Okaran, the Vega system galaxy. Is it? What do they say? This would have to be. <clears throat> Because, I mean, the, like, in real life, they discovered, like, a supermassive black hole at the center of the Milky Way. So I think that's what this is based on. So I guess maybe it's either here or it's by Okara. Because I don't know how far Sade went. Right. Um, But something's coming out of the white (laughs) hole. And it's a solar, it's like a man-made solar system, um, which I believe is called the Orrery. Yes. And uh, it's the biggest artificial construct that has ever existed, coming into our universe from parts unknown. Dun dun dun. Now, Jeff. Yes. You've known me for a few years now. Yes. Would it be safe to say that that uh? Weird sci-fi, larger-than-life, high-concept ideas are something that I like. Yes. So, would it stand to reason that that a big, crazy spaceship the size of the size of a solar system would be right up my alley? In theory, yes. What do you think? I thought of this. Um. <sighs> <clears throat> I'm leaning towards not that enamored. This is fucking stupid. <laughs> All right, because uh, like just on the surface idea of a spaceship the size of a solar system, love it. I love that. It you, it looks like it has a sun at the center. If you want to have it powered by an actual full size sun, beautiful. Love that too. But when I look at the design of this thing, yeah. My fir- like my first thought, my honest to god first thought when I turned that page and saw this was, isn't this why they have editors? <laughs> How did this get to the final printed page? Like, at what point did someone decide they weren't going to t- call the artist and say, yeah, you have to do this again? Like, because <clears throat> it's literally it is it's a one to one scale replica. It's a diorama of the solar system. You go to, like, a science fair in a high school, you'll see something kind of like this, only less technology-ish. It's stupid. It's so goddamn stupid looking. Well, I don't think this is... No, this isn't isn't a a replica of our solar system. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, I'm saying, like it's, it's, it's just, it's a freaking, it's a science fair project. Yeah, that, 
that has some extra lines, and they call it a spaceship. When I turned the page and saw that thing, <laughs> I, I did think to myself, it's like, wait, this this looks like a solar system project that one would make in high, in, you know, in middle school. It's exactly what it is. And, like, we're supposed to, like, this is in no way, shape, or form intimidating or cool-looking or... Like, I wouldn't even call this fun. You know, this is, this is, like... And, like, they have all these, like, warships and spaceships lined up around it, trying to see, like, oh, my God, what's going on? You have a Guardian freaked out by it. So it's, they want you to, to see this as some, like, big, what-the-hell kind of intimidating thing that's coming. And they, like, from parts unknown or whatever, you know. But it, it just comes out, it's like... It's like, it's like okay, what the hell is this? What the what the hell? This there's better be something damn good inside this because this right here, it's like, ugh. um, crap. Like, I look at this and I think to myself, <clears throat> what a wonderful bunch of worlds. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I'm I'm thinking to myself like, okay, well, obviously, the point of this is to have something to go up against, like, the ideas of Mogo, Ranks, and, uh... Or Kyle when he goes Super Saiyan with all those rings. Well, no, um, what'd you call it? You have, uh, Ranks, Mogo, what was, uh, Zanshi for the Black Lanterns, um... Even in the uh, the Green Lantern cartoon, the Red Lanterns have that like floating asteroid, planetoid, whatever. Mm. Um, they want to give them all like that, you know, that over the top, gigantic thing. Mm. Now, I mean, I don't know if this is actually going to have anything to do with a particular core. Uh, if anything, I would say white because it's coming out of a white hole. But. uh I mean, I'm just leaning towards this just being a giant thing. Although, they did say, like, before the book was coming out, that they were going to have a Black Lantern involved. Yeah. So if you have a giant solar system like this, then that would make for a good time to bring back Mogo in the form of a Black Lantern to help. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> Like, I don't care how they do it, I just want this to get blown up so we never have to look at it again. I mean, I mean, cause some of the individual worlds look kind of cool, you know, that 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 one that's kind of orangish off to the side looks kind of nice. Like, there, there's a robot Saturn, okay, fine. <sighs> no, just no, just no. It's awful. My problem with this is that it just <laughs> seems like it doesn't seem like a good logistical idea. Oh God, no! Like this, it's okay. So let's put let's put Saturn on a stick and call it a spaceship. Yeah, yeah. Let's plug it into a sunlight bulb. Yeah, let's have all these like really. I mean, I'm sure that all of those tubes and connecting things are each like like the thickness of half the Earth. But like, <laughs> but like, still, it's like you're. You're you're flying around space with like like really thin sticks sticking out, holding really massive objects at the tip of them. It's, 
it it should break. It really should break. Well, even if uh, you know the thing that you're not really <clears throat> considering is that those things that are supposedly holding the planets in place, those might not be holding the things in place. Mm. Like, those could just be transports from the planets down to the main central hub. They should still, like, they It could just be gravity holding the planets in place. That's true, that's true. Um, But still, I mean, like, to carry that many planets around with you is just a, it's a logistical nightmare. Yeah, I I mean, if, (coughs) if... If like the if I'm if I'm an artist on this and I get the script that calls for like a spaceship that incorporates a solar system, I'm not gonna think to myself, okay, let me just stick them all on a bunch of toothpicks and call it a day. I'm gonna I'm, like I'll try and figure out like one lump mass that you could like incorporate their different shapes into to make sense as like this gigantic like like solid craft. You know, like like the sun would definitely be completely inside. That would be the the, the fuel supply for like it. A Dyson sphere. Sure, one of those. <laughs> but and like, I don't know. It's like, uh, let's uh, let's, let's talk about something yeah. else. Let's talk about the other thing I hated in this issue, actually. And that is the fact that <clears throat> up till now I had hope that the new guardians would be one of those things where it's the title, but not, like, the team name. Oh, God. And Larfley says, like, like, I don't even know what he says. He says someone like, yeah, let's go get him, New Guardians, or what does he say? It's like... My uh, New Guardians uh, will defeat the... whatever. I, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it, it made it in. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. I hate that so much. I don't hate it as much as that spaceship. I hate that. Um, I, I'm glad that we got Sade back. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, I, we, we kind of knew that it wasn't going to be a, a happy, cheerful reunion between Sade and Genthet. Oh, God, no. Um, the fact that she's back, I think, it gives me hope that they're going to move Genthet's story along. Maybe not right away, but... Uh, the one thing that I thought was, you know, really interesting, and they deal with it, like, right off the bat, that Kyle Rayner, he doesn't even need a power battery as long as he's hanging out with a blue lantern. Yeah. So. He's like, come on, recharge me. Do it faster. Uh, they had to go to 51%. They couldn't say 52%. No, no, that wouldn't, because DC doesn't like saying 52. No, they wouldn't do that. Did you find it weird that Sade's shooting green and not orange? No, because uh, <clears throat> they um, what you call it? That's happened in the past with Ganthet. Um, even though they were, yes? you know, Hope, he was still shooting green. Oh, they okay. they just they the power that they do you know possess is willpower <laughs> based. Unless they were to embrace, you know, one of the other cores. Because, I mean, she's... Her aura and everything is orange throughout the entire thing. Let's see. Glomulus continues to be awesome. 
we have an awesome shot after they get transferred, you know, transported into the forest of fatality. God, love that picture. <laughs> she's she's like she's like outer space dazzler. <laughs> she's like so seventies. Yeah. yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> I I just want I want to say Tyler Kirkham, thank you. <laughs> Is he the artist that Chad said that? He's, he, like, got a Hal Jordan sketch from and then saw how he drew women and was like, God, son of a bitch! No, no, that's uh, Tom Wynn. Oh, okay. Uh, he's the inker on something. <laughs> yes. Uh, I like the restoration of Archillo's tongue. Yeah. I'm going to kind of miss the ring voice talking for I him. I hated that. You hated, I hated that? It. Why? I mean, like, it's... it makes a lot of sense. It's a good conceit <laughs> for the story, but I hated it. So I'm very glad that we don't have to deal with that again. Yeah. Plus, now we won't have to suffer through artists making the mistake of forgetting he doesn't have a tongue anymore. Yeah, that, that's something that occurred to me. Now it's not. Now they're not errors. They're foreshadowing. <laughs> I, you know, and like the <laughs> missing finger thing. The uh... apparently Kilowog ripped a finger off of him. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, that's just completely forgotten. Yeah, well, we could, we can, you know, say like, oh yeah, no, so that's the construct fixed that too. It was just off panel. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, you must love the fact that Kyle seems to be moving back towards being like this rogue Green Lantern off doing his own thing in his own way. Like, you know, I, every- I was, I'm, a, I'm a little, I'm torn. Every time Kyle, the subject of Kyle Rayner comes up, you talk about how he's at his best when he's unique and off doing his own thing. And right. Like, now they're going that way, kind of, maybe. Yeah, well, they're definitely going that way. One way <laughs> or another, they're definitely pushing him down his own path. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, like, I when I read that, it was like... Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a little sad that he's not going to be like a straight up Green Lantern like everybody else because, you know, <clears throat> most likely chances are down the road he's going to have to fight Jon Stewart, Guy, Gar- uh, Guy Gardner, and Hal Jordan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that that sucks. Oh, he well, he fought John like, John's, like yeah, but John's four months ago. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. It's like, oh, I have issues, I blew up a planet, blah, 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 whatever. Um, Kyle doesn't understand. Yeah, but I did think it was, like, absolutely freaking awesome that when he went to go fire <laughs> at, a, at Gant that it, it was, like, the multicolored energy. I, th- I still like how, uh, how um, you know, on an art side, <coughs> uh, Tyler Kirkham still, to this day, does a fantastic job of making these rings seem really powerful, like... That shot when uh, the page next to Kyle getting recharged by Saint Walker, the shot of Larfleeze firing, so like like the it's like exploding and it's like fluid and fiery at the same time and there's lots of like like energy like embers all over the place and like or even like when you see Saint Walker shine his light on Arkillo, like right before it gets a, like when it does the whole target lock thing like. Like the energy is just like like flowing off of him. Like it's like it's like somebody somebody like 
busted open a fire hydrant and the water is just shooting out everywhere. It's like there's it like some artists will depict the rings as just shooting like a little beam and having like a little silhouette around people. Like Kirkham goes like all in and just like makes it explosively violent and like really conveys the power these rings have and I really like that. And Gomulus is awesome. <laughs> Kyle even makes a Ghostbusters reference. He's like, uh, "Hey, we left that ref- we left that refugee from Ghostbusters back on Noah. You know, the one who was that ring for a while." <laughs> and then he pops up all slimery. <laughs> okay, last one. Well, what do you rate this? Oh, definitely buy. Yeah, I would say buy. It loses. <laughs> the last two-page spread is almost enough for me to bump it down a grade, but it was still good anyway. <laughs> yes, speaking of buys, we have Red Lanterns, number four. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> uh, written by Peter Milligan, drawn by Ed Benes with uh, Diego Bernard, inked by Rob Hunter, colors by Nathan Yuring, and... We have a completely misleading cover. <laughs> uh, they starts off with, you know, Atrocitus is paranoid because he lives on a planet with, like, one other person and his best friend who he talks to is a dead body. <laughs> so he's, he's fearing a revolt, basically. He thinks Blees and some of the other mindless Red Lanterns somehow got over being mindless just enough to plan an uprising against him. So he just, he tracks one of them down and drinks their blood like a vampire <laughs> to uh, get, like, this vision. Which, okay, it makes sense he can do that. Uh, and this, this Red Lantern is Skalox. And he gets the... He gets the, the Skalox eye view of, like, these memories of, like, him... Zillia's Zox, Tentacle Face, and Bleez <laughs> um, talking. See if you can call it talking. I guess, like, the broken language of, like, atrocitous, kill, must, possible, whatever. Like, different combinations of those words. And uh, he's like, this isn't going anywhere. I'm chucking this dude into the blood ocean. He, he pulls a Bleez. He starts throwing all of these specific characters into the blood ocean so that they can come to and I, I don't know. He wants to to I forget if he wants to question them about this or if he wants to I forget, I forget why he did it. <laughs> but uh, you know they're down there in the blood ocean. They're going through what Blees did, and we get a uh, we get some background on a uh, you know Ratchet, the tentacly guy. Who you know he lives on a on a world where they they got rid of most crime by making everybody isolationist. You know you never you never physically see or interact with other people. It's all like over like the internet basically. And him and some rebels decide to to just actually get together and meet up, but they get they get busted and. And I don't know. I don't know what happens to him, but before he was a Red Lantern, he had a body, so it's probably not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, you get the Trotsis waxing philosophically to Corona some more until, you know, he sees a shadow, 
and gets scared, so he's like, oh, screw this, I'm going to a different world. <clears throat> and he does more of his random atrocitousness, uh, you know, for for some good causes, basically. You know, he, he breaks up a, a cult that sacrifices eyes of people, <laughs> uh, eyes of their daughters when they hit puberty, so he, like, he kills them, or he kills those uh, cult members and destroys the uh, the temple. Uh, then he wanders back to Earth, basically just to say, you know, this place has a lot of rage in it. Maybe I should get a Red Lantern from here. Which, which segues nicely over to the two brothers that we love so much. Who, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do because now the cops are coming. Because, hey... Turns out when you throw a Molotov at somebody's home, people notice that and they don't like it. <laughs> but uh, back in the small, uh, Bleez is just kind of watching the blood ocean, waiting to see if those guys come up for air ever again or not. And, you know, all three of them are, are still kind of reeling from the experience. And we start to see, what the hell was his name? Horseface? Skalax. How he was, uh, you know, he was always a bad guy, but, you know, he got punished by his boss and, his his all burned face is because they kind of threw him into an oven because they thought he stole from them. Whether or not he did, didn't even matter. Um, then cut back to Atrocitus, and he sees that Krona, his lover, is gone. Atrocitus got dumped. What did you think of the issue, Jim? Um, <clears throat> God, I think I almost fell asleep while you were during the review, and I don't blame you. Oh, I was going to say, that's par for the course, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, here's my issue with this story. This was pretty much billed as Tales of the Red Lantern Corps. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they, they were basically selling this as, like, yeah, you know, come get Red Lanterns number four, and we'll give you Tales of Skalox, of... Uh, Zillia Zox and uh, a giant uh, amoeba looking jellyfish guy. What is his name? Ratchet. That's it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll give you tales of how they became Red Lanterns, which I'm thinking, freaking awesome. Like, that's what I want to read about, not atrocitous, <laughs> you know, waxing poetical with a dead body. Hmm. And ultimately, we didn't even get one full story. Yeah. We didn't really get anything from Zillia Zox yeah, either. We got nothing from Zillia Zox. We didn't get a sad, we didn't get any closing with uh, Ratchet, so that'll have to finish tomorrow uh, next next month or whatever. Uh and then uh with uh Scalox, it's like you know, again, they they barely t- tell you anything about the story. <laughs> Well, they 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 told you enough to kind of. I mean, the pan, the panel they end on is him getting dragged to a roaring fire, and then you turn the page and you just see his traumatized face in the present, where it's like very blatantly disfigured and stuff. So like like, I think it was to sell the point that okay, these guys are reliving these really traumatic events. <clears throat> um, uh, but yeah, so I mean. You know, you have you have the the start of their stories, which I'll be honest, I think 
Like, if next issue we actually get conclusions to their stories, I think I'll be happy. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I, did, I did enjoy that to some extent. I'm very curious about Ratchet's story, especially considering that he doesn't have a face or body as a Red Lantern. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I want to know a little bit more about. I mean, like, uh, Skalox, I really, like, I don't, I really don't need any more filled in with his. Cause I mean. <clears throat> no, I do, because they haven't really given a reason for him to have that much rage yet. Obviously, you've never had your face shoved into a gigantic furnace. Uh, I feel like that uh, they need more, um, they, they need to tell me more, because just nah. putting somebody's face in an <laughs> oven, I mean, you're definitely going to be, you know, filled with rage, but not the kind of Red Lantern rage. Well, it, eh, it, it, it might also come down to what kind of betrayal this was from his boss, because, like, like he he came off like it's he came off pretty sympathetic in here. Like this is somebody who he's worked under for a long time and probably respected too. So it would be an incredibly painful big betrayal maybe. But I'm I don't know, with him like I'm fine if they want to leave it there. I mean I, once he becomes an actual character as of next issue, I'm sure we'll we'll learn more about him. But uh, I like. I actually did like the parts where Atrocitus you know takes like a page goes to a planet and deals out some retribution. Yeah, yeah, well, for these, like, it... <clears throat> it was less random in that it actually seemed like there was a point. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, okay, yeah, he did, he did just kind of wander to random planets, but, like, the things he did were kind of, I won't say more justified, but, like, it was a more clear goal of how he's helping, you know? The uh, the story taking place on Earth uh, still sucks. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, has it always been in England? Because when I've read that caption, it's like it's like small Octon England or whatever the town name is. I was like England, really? And though I read it, I like they. I think there's at least one sentence in here where they try and put like a British inflection on the dialogue. And I'm like, I'm like, wasn't this in New York last issue? I don't. Have they always been in England, or do they just add this? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I <coughs> don't remember. Huh. I thought it might have been in like New England or something like that. Yeah, like uh, Ray says, like the police, John, the blo- the bloody cops. You've got to help me, man. Uh. I'm like, no, but they, neither of them talked like this up till this point. I don't think they were in England before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And how about that? How about the fact that this guy is freaking out because, you know, th- things just got serious. The police are after him. He threw a bomb at somebody's front door, and things just got serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you destroyed everything he owns, and uh, did he kill him? I don't remember if he died. No, I don't think he's dead. Yeah. He missed the house. <laughs> God. It's like, if... if the dark-haired brother doesn't get a ring, then I'm going to call, like, major BS. Yeah, they even say in here something like, uh... Like, the dark-haired brother even, like, lectures. He's like, uh... 
You should have thought about that before you let your blind rage get the better of you. Yeah. He's absolutely... Like, do they still think we think it's going to be the other brother? I, I guess. Like, I at this point, I hope to God it is the other brother, just because that's something we wouldn't see coming. Except we do. There's nothing they can do. There's nothing they can do. <laughs> um, oh, God. I mean, I like the... Now, see, this is this is why... I mean, this issue, I think, is the best issue of the series so far. And granted, that's not saying a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. But it is proving that they needed to change to start changing some of these Red Lanterns because it's no longer just Atrocitus as the only character in the book. Because, <clears throat> like, you still have Atrocitus doing all of the same stuff he did in 1 through 3. You know, he's still talking to Krona. He's still being all, like, wishy-washy. He's still going to random planets and just scattershot dealing out vengeance. But when it's intercut with other things going on with other characters, it's it reads better. It comes off better. And it's not it's not the main focus of stuff. Like you don't have enough of it to get tired of it. It comes off better, but <laughs> it, it's still missing something. Like it's like this comes off like this is the first issue of the series that comes off as a balanced comic. Like, I mean, if anything, I wish Blees was in it more, just because I think she's the she's basically what's held this book together. So, uh, we close out this issue with uh, <laughs> Krona missing. Now, let me ask you two questions. First, do you think Krona's alive? And second, do you want Krona back? Uh, I'm going to go with no and no. Yeah. What I what I feel is going to happen is that what what Blees was actually trying to say mm. uh, wasn't, <laughs> uh, you know, let's kill Atrocitus. Um, it's something along the lines of, it's like, let's get Krona and put on a marionette show for Atrocitus. Uh, well, they're gonna string him up with some wires and do a little <laughs> dance. That's that's an interesting theory. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I would have forgotten. Because <clears throat> I mean, well, okay, two things on this. Because first, I think Atrocitus is being very stupid <laughs> in in that you know he has very he gets these clear shots of memory of these characters going. uh I can't find a page where they say it. <gasps> Atrocitus. Possible. Kill. We must. And he's yeah. saying to himself, what could they mean? <laughs> they basically said the sentence, it's possible for us to kill Atrocitus. We must do it. And he's saying, what could they possibly be saying? So I thought that was stupid on his part. But my other thought was, you know, what if, like, they're throwing at that at us so obviously because they're really like like they found something else that they need Atrocitus to kill like they found like because they keep uh uh who writes this Peter Milligan keeps saying in like interviews and shit that like we're gonna find out like the dark secrets of Yasmalt and like what else is lurking there or whatever so like maybe some of them ran into whatever else is there and they 
they can't kill it by themselves, so they want Atrocitus to help. But they don't know how to communicate. <laughs> Alright, so is this a pass for um, you? This is a borrow. <laughs> it's a borrow with the hope that Red Lantern's number five continues the tales of the Red Lantern core stories. I'm making this a borrow. I can't remember if I made any Red Lantern issues a, bo- a borrow at this point. I don't think I have. I think they've all been passes, but I'm going to call this one a borrow because <clears throat> I, like they, you know, they added Blees an issue or two ago and the book got better. They, they started adding other characters and the book got other Red Lantern characters and the book got better. So like, I don't know if it's a good issue by itself or if it's just that it's better than the last three by a lot, but <laughs> but this is an improvement. It's like all they need to do is add like an entire Green Lantern core number of Red Lanterns, <laughs> and we'll actually have a decent book. Oh, well, no. They just need to give us characters that are actual characters, which they're they're doing. And uh, I like that one on the page... <laughs> The page, uh, the page where Blaze is like, what are you doing? Like, he's like, I'm throwing Skalax into the blood ocean. You too. And he just points at Zillia Zox, who's like, oh, what? And then the, you turn the page and he's just face down with his legs waving. <laughs> Atrocitus, like, kicked him in like a kickball. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not sure. I didn't look at the covers for number five or six or whatever. But I, I feel like uh, the covers are going to connect. Are they? Looks like it. Number four definitely looks like it could connect to another cover. I know. I don't know what issue it is. It's either like six or seven. Uh, Guy Gardner is going to be in it. So I'm like, I might, I was immediately like, yay, Guy Gardner is going to be in it. (laughs) It might be good now. Uh, Yeah, but he's going to be dealing with the Earth Lantern. Yeah. Hey, Hey, you know what? You know, we don't know. Maybe that got, maybe that character will actually help this book. Yeah, we'll see. He could, he could. Uh, all right, so yeah, so yeah, I I thought other than uh, Green Lantern, I thought all the other books were an improvement over uh, the last month or a few months. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I have to agree. Yeah, so pretty good month. Pretty I have good. to agree, although begrudgingly with Red Lanterns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? Before you fall asleep. Um, uh, when this episode goes up, you will have one week more <laughs> to uh, get your votes in for the Lantern Cast Presents uh, Best of 2011. Yes. Uh, so head on over to the forums to look at all the categories. Um, you don't have to reply on the forums. You can just send us an email at lanterncast at gmail.com. Uh, whatever works best for you guys. Yeah. And actually, if you want to leave a voicemail <laughs> explaining some of your your votes, then we'll play that during the award show as well. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it for now. I think so. I mean, oh, did you see um the uh. Somebody posted it. They're the um, the prototype, the unpainted prototypes for the uh, animated series figures of uh, Kilowog and Zillia Zox. Yes. 
Those look cool. The sculpt on Zilius Zox, I'd say, <laughs> I think, looks very good. Yeah. Although the the articulation as of this point looks like it makes them look like very you know childish toys. Well, it's, it looks like it's just like you can move like the arms and legs at like where they connect to the torso. Right. Yeah. You have f- five points of articulation. Yeah. Which is fine by me because if I get a couple of these, I don't want to move them. I just want them to stand there and be stable. <laughs> Awesome. I want it all, and then I want more on top of it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, articulation kind of kills figures sometimes, I think. Just in terms of, like, too many joints, they don't look good. Uh, there is... There's, but there's a balance. Uh, what you call it? <laughs> DC Direct made a, a Superman, like... I guess it's the better part of a decade ago. Um, it was right around the time that they made the uh, Reign of the Superman. Mm-hmm. And the, the Reign of the Superman figures, I should say, because it came out well after the comics. But they made a Superman action figure, and they made they did a couple of variations of it with the same body. The body was, like, perfect. Like, it was sculpted amazingly, <laughs> and the thing had, like, 27 points of articulation, and none of it got in the way that made the figure look bad. It's like it's one of the best figures I've ever seen. Um, mm. So it, it can it can be done. It can definitely be done. It can be done very well. Um, and uh, as far as for me personally, because you know that I like to do customs and whatnot. Yes. Like one of my particular goals was that if I was ever going to do a custom, I like to preserve the amount of articulation. Just because, you know, you want people to have the option to pose. You know, when you have only five points of you know articulation, basically that that figure has one stance that it can stand in, you know, for it to actually stand up. And, you know, if you move it at all, then it's it's done. Um, and I mean, you know, and when you <laughs> when you look at that, and then you look at the Marvel Universe figures. Have you seen the Marvel Universe figures, like the little ones, like the three three point seven five inch? Probably. Like one of my favorite figures that I have right now is that the Marvel Universe Thanos figure. I mean, it's it stands a little taller than three point seven five inches because they make it really oh, yeah. bulky. <clears throat> oh yeah, I've seen. I think just the other day I saw one of uh, Red Hulk and one of Apocalypse, and those actually look nice. I don't really like the ones that are like regular people. But I like the big bulky ones. Right. Well, the big bulky ones are, are awesome. But I mean, what I'm saying is that, like, there you have lots of articulation and the figures still look great. So it can be done. Yes. And while you're typing away, I will say that if you want to contact <laughs> us, you can do so at lanterncast.gmail.com or individually, Jim, Dan, Jason, Chad, or James at lanterncast.com. You can go to our website, lanterncast.com. There's links to the forum, our Facebook page, Twitter, um, gallery, whatever, all that other junk. Uh, you can go on iTunes and subscribe to us. If you'd like to leave us a review, that would be awesome as well. Spread the word. Let everybody know how much you enjoy us, if you do so. Um, 
I was listening to last last week's episode earlier today. Um, I have uh, I have advanced access thanks to you know me and James <laughs> being you know one on one. I talk to James. Yeah. I get to listen to the episodes first. Um, you realize they're going to hear this like a week after they listen to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, I enjoyed that episode. Yeah, post that. No, uh, that's going to have to wait till tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, and then if you want to leave us a voicemail, which we love and we do play, um, and even more than loving the voicemails, I personally love the Google translation. Yeah. And yeah. that, that that number is seven zero eight lantern. Now, now see, you wanted to wait until the end to do the voicemails. Yeah. And don't you even tell me that if you were this tired, you still would have been like, yeah, let's do voicemails. You've been like, no. I would have forced myself to. No, let's wait. Let's save it for next week again. Yeah, let, let's do that. That sounds like a good idea to me. Me, because I'm Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what we'll get to next week, but I have a feeling it's going to involve the Larflees report that we didn't get to this week. Well, next week is the awards thing. No, that's the following week. I thought it was two week. whatever. Because the uh, the episode that announces the awards is going up tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when oh, they okay. hear that this episode, they'll have one week left. Okay. Well, what the hell are we talking about next week? <laughs> uh, we'll see. God. All right, fine. <laughs> it remains to be seen. We probably planned it already. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure we'll come up with something. Yeah. Right, we got the uh, we got the December books out of the way. Yeah, just in time. <laughs> yeah, just in time for all of the, the January books to almost be out. Hey, Av, hey, this is going up the last week of January, so we still made it. <laughs> yes. So long, everybody. So long. Speaking of Fish and Santa Claus, did you give up on Doctor Who, or do you still watch it? Um, I I took a break from it. Mm, I'll, understand. I'll get back to it eventually. I forget where I, I ended. Were you still in, like, the David Tennant era, or... Uh, who was the first guy? <clears throat> the, the leather jacket guy? Yeah. Uh, Christopher Eccleston. Okay, I saw all of that... Uh, then I went into the... David Tennant was the next one. David Tennant. Um, <laughs> I got I got a few episodes into the David Tennant episode, uh, series, but I think I never got past Rose leaving. Okay. So it's somewhere in there that I just kind of had to take a break. <clears throat> 
yeah, that's understandable. I tend to take a break between doctors. Yeah. Like when David Tennant ended, like it felt like an ending. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take a break from this. And I didn't watch any of the newer stuff for about a year. And then one day I woke up, I felt like it and I caught up. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> for me, back when the show like first uh, came on, like 50 years ago, <laughs> no, like when it, when it recently restarted. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, Christopher Ecclesi. Eccleson. Yeah. Ecclesiastes. Um, yes, he's he's a he's in the pantheon, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> he's a book in the Bible. Um, yeah, when when that first came on, like I I loved him. I thought he was fantastic. Mm. So that when he left, like I stopped watching the show as it was on. Yeah. Um, but I did see a bunch of those episodes. So when I went back, I rewatched all those episodes that I had seen and all the ones that I hadn't seen, and then. Since Rose was still around, that's what kind of made me, you know, interested in watching the David Tennant episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and those are good. He's he's really good. In fact, I think I might like him a little more. Yeah, it's like the transition was just like it was. It's just weird, you know, like going from like, especially since like. Eccleston was only around for one season. Yeah. And then it, here's the same guy, but it's by someone else. Right. And it just, it took a little, it took a little while, especially since those Christmas specials are always kind of rough. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I've seen the Christmas specials. Did you see the first David Tennant one? I episode? I don't think so. The one where, like... Like, he sword fights an alien on a spaceship outside in, like, a bathrobe. I'm pretty sure I didn't see that. Okay. I'm pretty sure I would remember that. Yeah, yeah, so... The one thing that I do remember was that... (laughs) Like, every once in a blue moon, I would still watch a David Tennant episode in in the past... Because Rose was still around. Mm. Uh, I love uh, Billy Piper. Yeah. Well, she does come back eventually. Right. But if you like Rose, I weep for you having to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I've, I've heard some of the things that happen. Um, yeah. But even, yeah, like, even worse than that, like the person that takes over after her, mm. uh, Martha. Yes. Yeah, I, I I had so little interest in watching her. She just like just seeing the promo images for her, it turned me off of having any interest in the show. Yeah, I mean Martha, like I think she had the most potential out of out of uh, the companions from like those two doctors. But like like the writers kept kind of going back and forth between wanting to treat her like a character and trying to treat her as like Rose the sequel. Mm. But, like, I I appreciate her for, like, being one of the only companions I've seen that are actually competent people that can get things done. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to just being, like, the damsel in distress or eye candy or whatever. Um, and then the the most recent Doctor, Matt, was Matt Smith? Yes. 
Um, <laughs> when he came on the scene, I had like I had less than no interest. I he like for one thing, he looks weird to me. Yeah. Um. He 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 looks like androgynous almost. Um. And the the girl like she doesn't have you know she doesn't really hold much interest in me in for me. And then, like, I, I heard, like, how he was playing it, and, like, that really didn't interest me. But, uh, I don't know, like, the, when it comes down to is that it's written by Stephen Moffat. Yeah. And he's written, like, two of my favorite series of all times. So, I mean, like, as little interest as I have in The Doctor and The Companion, I kind of figure that because he's writing it i'll probably like it anyway <laughs> yeah once you start watching it i don't think it'll take you very long to just fall in love with it because it's like i agree with you like matt smith looks kind of weird and he looks kind of young yeah and but like the way like this show is for as long as i've seen it like for all of new who or whatever it's been <laughs> really well written right this is not only is this like really well written, but this is some of the like some of the best dialogue I've ever seen or heard in any entertainment comes out of the Matt Smith doctor's mouth and like the way he plays it. Like there's so much energy to it and so much so much like personality and like borderline arrogance to it that it's you you'll love it. You're going to love it. I hope so. You're also going to appreciate the fact that he has two companions at once, because if it's anything like my experience, where um, like his it's uh, Amy and Rory. In his first season, Amy is great, and Rory, I don't give a shit about Rory. In the second season, Amy completely does a 180. And becomes like just the token, you know. Oh my God, we have she got kidnapped. Let's save her. She be- she becomes the princess from Mario. <laughs> and Rory, like right out of the gate with the season premiere, becomes awesome. So it's like <laughs> they balance each other out nicely. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Is it is it really cold? Have you considered using... Yeah, I'm under my fucking blanket, asshole. No, that's oh, not what I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> using my blanket. No. Because... It smells. Haha, you smell. That's right, it does smell. <laughs> I got my stink on it so that you won't use it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wild animal sprayed on it. I must it. I must it all up. Exactly. Let you be like a whist on it. Yeah, that's right. Do it again. No, I'm not going to whiz on a blanket. You see, they do when they spray their scent in the wild. I don't need to do that. You can't control it. It happens when you're asleep. I explain the smell. <laughs> Daisy. <laughs> Daisy's a lady. <laughs> she doesn't do that. Listen. 
She has her own blanket anyway. She marks it by just she cleans the corners. She just licks the corners to clean it. Oh. She keeps it nice. I do that too. <laughs> 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 <Gross>. <laughs> James, keep the all of this. <laughs> 